ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Total Car Score Podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brower, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota. Well, we are back here on the air, or on the waves, or on the web, or whatever you want to call it now. How are you, Lauren? I'm great. I'm still in Detroit. I'm staying an extra period of time for the Concord Delegates. Yeah, that was... uh... One of the highlights, I guess, last week in Detroit, <laughs> the rest was a little bit of... It was, you know, it's a big change. Haggerty owns them now. So that's yeah. when Haggerty gets involved in a car show, it makes it big. Yeah. Carl, how are you? You made it safe back from Detroit? I did. I'm back from Detroit in one piece and uh, just kind of get back in my uh, regular schedule and reflecting on, you know, the difference between Detroit and say, you know, Pebble Beach, which was just a month ago and how one of them is getting more vibrant every year and one of them is not getting more vibrant every year. Not so much, yeah. Well, this week we have a very special guest, Manish Bertroda. He's the Executive Director of Digital Business Planning and Connected Ops at Hyundai Modern North America. How are you, Manish? I'm doing very well, Javier. So my first question is a very serious one. Have you had any drinks today? <laughs> no drinks. It's, <laughs> it's, it's noon on Friday. I will be having drinks very soon, <laughs> not yet. Okay. The only reason I asked is because we were uh, last month in Asheville, in North Carolina, during the Palisade uh, first drive, and we had a great conversation at the bar at the end of the day that I should have recorded, but I did <laughs> So let's see how this one goes. Yeah, I do remember it was a great wine as well. So let, let's hope <laughs> the effect is the same. So first thing, congratulations, because Hyundai was uh, named again the highest ranked mass market brand in uh, U.S. tech experience index studies by J.D. Power. So I believe that you have the, the hardest job in the industry because engineering can come and go and evolves uh, design too, but technology changes like every week. So how are you able to keep this going? Um, you know, great question, by the way. And, and this is really core to what we do. It starts with purpose and vision and advanced technology is at the core of our purpose and our vision and we build our business models around it. 
And for any company to be that successful, it has to start from the top. And our executive chair um, is the key proponent and the driver of, of this um, technology prolification. And then all layers below are aligned. You know, as a matter of fact, I was just having a conversation as part of our planning with my boss yesterday. And the way we look at things is what he guided is we're doing this very purposefully. It's within our vision. So let's make sure that all our plans to give the technology in the hands of the customers and for them to use it is very purposeful in any in anything we do. And this then extends into the customer experience and it gets into how the customers view the brand. So our goal, again, taking the vision and purpose from the executive chair to the CEO is how can my teams make it simple? How can my teams do better integration, working with the R&D and the product teams? And then we always look to differentiate and make sure that customers actually use the technology for a lasting and a sticky experience. And very quickly, I'll give one example. I mean, look what we have done with Digital Key 2.0 Touch, bringing it uh, you know, to our cars, where we have taken the key fob and integrated it into your Apple wallet so you never have to experience using a key fob again. And you will see more and more of this rolled out to um, newer products. Well, it's, you know, I, I know we've talked in the past, Manish. We've actually had dinner next to each other and had some great conversations. There's a lot of change in technology and getting people sort of moving toward autonomy, but also then making them safer on the road. What kind of things are you guys working on to not just make it easier for people, but just like all this great technology, just helping people being better drivers and safer on the road? You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, ADAS that's happening. And, you know, I, I'm not an expert in that, but what I'll talk about is, uh, you know, I'll, uh, Blue Link is core to our uh, offerings, right? Um, and you saw last or early this year for the Genesis side of the business, uh, we have extended our Genesis connected services for a uh, lifetime, which includes safety and um, security features, right? So our thinking there is, you know, cars are becoming uh, very complex, but we want to make sure that the customers have this sense of, uh, safety when they're driving our cars for longer periods now. So our features like ACN, uh, which is, you know, accident collision notification and SOS are now uh, active on your cars for 10 years. So so that's one way of looking at how we are looking at uh, the, the extension of the safety features uh, through the Blue Link and Genesis Connected Services. You know, Manish, um, I feel like you kind of said it already that, that the executives within Hyundai Motor Group are, are very supportive of technology. And I think almost every car company now, like today as we're talking here, has become that way. But I feel like Hyundai was ahead of the game. You know, the digital key, you were one of the first to have that, especially in a non-luxury brand. Um, you know, I remember when you guys had like heated rear seats in some of your mainstream volume models that and, and most luxury cars didn't have it at the time. I'm curious, like, you know, what is it within Hyundai, do you think, that has led them to be so supportive and kind of ahead of the game to a large extent in terms of technology? What, is, what about the company? I'm sure it goes back to Korea, obviously. 
but what about the company do you feel is driving that kind of willingness to embrace technology? Yeah, and, and I think you said it in your question. Um, I'll give you my personal take. When I first went to Korea, that was 2013. Uh, I was new in the company and I went to Korea. And by the way, I grew up in India. Um, so, you know, you have a very Asian mindset or I have a very Asian mindset. So, you know, I was actually blown away by the country as to how advanced uh, Seoul was. You know, my ride from Incheon Airport to Gangnam District, every moment I was like a kid in the candy store. I was like, oh, look at the infrastructure, look at the buildings, look at, um, you know, you saw tech in the taxis back then, like this is nine years ago. So what I have learned, uh, you know, being in the company for 10 years and then, you know, comparing Korea to India, you know, India is way behind in terms of the infrastructure. So I think there is pride in the Korean culture that how the country has advanced in 50 years. Um, and that is due to many factors, right? The infrastructure, the highway system, and then the drive to be better. That then translates into the company culture. Uh, I mean, look at Samsung, um, what they have done at the world stage. And that's the uh, drive that Hyundai also has being one of the big five companies in Korea is to do things that others are just probably either leaving it on sidelines or not um, big risk takers. So that, you know, couple the culture with the, the how the country has advanced and how other companies have advanced, that makes the appetite for risk a lot more than uh, other companies or other companies headquartered elsewhere in the world are able to do. And I see that every day uh, in discussions. Um, I was in Korea actually during the Labor Day. That's why Javier, I couldn't do this earlier. It, um, you know, we, we were in meetings on a lot of uh, digital innovation. We were in meetings with how to retool, um, you know, not just in vehicle technology, how we do our, our, our legacy. So it's, it's very ingrained in, in the company culture and it ties to the fact that we're going to do it, we'll take the risks and we'll correct, adjust and then deliver to the marketplace faster than anyone and better. Yeah, I have to ask something that uh, when I have conversations with my friends, family or people who ask me about cars and I tell them like technology, safety technology in particular, is one of the things that they should consider above other things. Uh, what do you think is the most overlooked technology already included in cars that most people don't even know or think about or like or should consider more? Most overlooked. Um, you know, maybe I'll give you an example, kind of connected to the car, but l uh, like like an um, augmentation uh, of to it. You know, we had launched this uh, Hyundai virtual guide, um, which was our attempt to take the owner's manual to a virtual augmented app. Um, I think the vision was good. Um, the AR technology worked well, but the user experience wasn't as great. You know, at that time, this was back in 2015, the app actually used a lot of memory, would crash, but then it needed to be constantly updated uh, because all this content resided, um, you know, on the on the device itself. 
So the model year changes, we couldn't scale as much. So that ended up, it was a good thought. I actually liked it, but it actually was overlooked very easily um, because of all, all these other things. I will say though, you know, today's technology, um, it, it could be much, much better, but th back then it was, it was overestimated. So I have a question. Uh, you know, it's funny how I think people have got to the point where they want to be on a phone call, get into their car, not have to wait for it to connect. They want that smooth transition from their car to their home, to when they're walking, to their lifestyle. I assume that's what Hyundai, why you won the innovation award, because you're starting to create that, that you can pick it up start your car with your watch, you know, all these things that you guys have put together, your first to market with so much of it. You know, is that something that we're going to see more of that in the future? Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I couldn't share all the plans with you, but I will <laughs> refer back to uh, JD Power, you know, Javier mentioned about the tech index, but if you uh, track our owner app uh, ratings in JD Power, we're in the top three. And there's a reason for that. It, it answers the question, Lauren, that you're saying is we get good scores on the journey. We get good scores on the integration. So what we have done very purposefully, and, you know, the industry has followed us, um, is, you know, taking what's inside the vehicle to the app, connecting it to the legacy systems, because your traditional CRMs need to understand how the, uh, how the customers are using the app. So it's a, it's a very connected ecosystem with one and only one goal. We want to make sure that the customers feel that they are getting the value from our product and the whole ecosystem around the vehicle, which is the apps and you know your legacy is part of that. And this is where we feel we delight the customers and with, with a big element of surprise. So many, um, I've been telling people, because I genuinely feel this way, that um, in terms of, uh, electric vehicles. I feel like we're kind of right now with electric vehicles where we were with autonomous vehicles and autonomous technology in 2016, 2017. And what I mean by that is 2016 or 2017, everyone was like, by 2020, no one's even gonna have to drive their own car anymore. We're all gonna be driven around by computers because they're so advanced. And here we are and it's 2022 and well, we aren't quite there. In fact, we aren't even anywhere close to that. Okay, so now all I'm hearing and not just hearing, but being told by various regulations and government agencies across the planet that nobody's going to buy an, anything but an electric car by some say 2035, some say 2030, some are saying 2025. Uh, but certainly uh, 10 years, give or take, is we're going to not have any more electric cars. And I feel like just as with we were a little over-optimistic on how quickly we'd get to self-driving cars. We may be being a little over-optimistic on how widespread and ubiquitous electric cars are supposed to be over the next 10 years. And what's tricky about that is there's the aspiration of what we like, and then there's the reality of what's possible. And I mean possible by the raw materials needed to build these, the cost to produce them, the uh, consumer willingness to buy them, the infrastructure to charge. We have got multiple dimensions of challenge before the internal combustion engine can go away completely. How is How tough is it as an automaker, especially on the technology side like you are, to want to get to where government, government agencies want you to get and a certain percentage of the population, managing that against the reality of what is going to be possible or more importantly, what isn't going to be possible over the next 10 years? Yeah, that's that's a big topic. 
uh, right? And, and I think all the things you s uh, said are actually headlines, right? I, I think if you pick up last six months of Wall Street Journal, uh, I think pretty much every other word you said would be a headline, right? The lithium resources and so it's 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 you know it's a big it's a big it's a big topic and uh, I'm sure every OEM um, you know try to you know change the course of the ship, but I think I'll tell you the positives of this. It's actually allowing our industry to innovate faster, right? When when you're starting something that you haven't done before, um, you know the early part of the EV adoption was you know you were taking ICE vehicles and making a variant of it, but now you're starting from new platforms, so that's allowing you to think differently. That's allowing you to do things that were probably on the wish list. And from my point of view, from a technology, it's it's actually allowing you to be able to innovate faster. And why I say that is, um, you, you know, the, the demand of an EV driver are higher than the demand of an ICE driver when it comes to, let's say, using a mobile app, right? Uh, I When I drive our test cars, <laughs> which are EV, I have to see the charge pretty much every few hours. Hey, has the car charged? What that does is it allows me to also think, oh, uh, what about, um, uh, what about, uh, oh, did I lock the car? Or what about my uh, scheduled service or, you know, tire rotation that I've scheduled? So it, it's allowing us to innovate faster. Now, when it comes to the overall industry, you know, will it happen in 10 years? I'll say if I put my consumer hat, it is for real. I do feel a big change where the styling of the cars are much more appealing and actually better than we have seen. Uh, if you have gotten a GV60 or Ionic 5, and if you've seen the pictures of Ionic 6, those are desirable cars. I have one on order. So consumer sentiment is has changed dramatically. The infrastructure, I personally feel, is still a challenge. Um, but I think with all the plans that are being rolled out, hopefully in the next decade, they'll get better. I will say then what you read about the resources, that is that is something, you know, I'm far from uh, an expert in that or far from even knowledgeable. But there's something to say about the resources available to, to make uh, the batteries at the scale in 15, 20 years. So I would say there's definite debate that's happening and that could be one hurdle, but I think I, I'm a believer in innovation. Um, you know, I'm sure there's innovation that's already happening in some parts of the world where a different form of battery will come out in five years from now. So when we do this podcast again in five years, mark my word. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, I think you're right. There, there's, you know, just as we don't know a lot of things that are going to be possible, you know, in terms of infrastructure or consumer sentiment in the next 10 years, we also don't know innovation uh, breakthroughs that may may or may not change the equation in cost, pow uh, power density, and requirements of various uh, elements to be needed for every kilowatt hour of battery storage that you're going to create. So all that could change. Well, really, really interesting. And uh, Manish, 
Congratulations again of that third award for the best tech experience in the car. And I think we all of us earn at least three drinks for tonight. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yes, that works. That works. Thank you, Manish, because I know that you work very hard. You're working on such future projects so far and ahead. And I think people don't realize the time in advance. I mean, you're probably working on things five, six years down the road and seeing if it can be implemented into whatever the future product is. So keep your eyes on Hyundai Genesis and what they're doing because it's been really impressive, not just just how it integrates with your life. So congratulations on another award. Boy, Hyundai's really yeah. just cleaning up, right? That's <laughs> crazy. All right. Hey, thank you, Javier, Lauren, and Kale. Very really cool. appreciate your interest Absolutely. in this. Thank you. Well, thank you. And also you can follow, get more information at Hyundai USA. Uh, if you're in another country, you can find it in your country. And then more from Carl Brauer, K-A-R-L-B-R-A-U-E-R. He's got all kinds of stuff. You've been doing a lot of stuff, Carl. He's been all over the world doing some really cool car reviews. And Javier as well just got back from Spain, has some really impressive coverage at Javier Mota on all forms of social media. And I'm at Lauren Fix. And we do appreciate you joining us, Manish. And we look forward to seeing some very cool product and getting Make sure to share this with your friends so that they're up on what's going on. And we appreciate you listening. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go drinking. Yeah, Bye. <laughs> All right. See you. Take care, everyone. Take care. We'll see you in a few Take months. Thank you for listening. For more, check us out online at TotalCarscore.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.